Welcome to the How To Dad Podcast. My name is Devin Pierce. We are live on Mixer. It is July 17th, 2019. Our last episode was on July 7th, where we had our RCS episode 2. Our random conversation starters were exposure versus sheltered parenting, as well as remembering you before the you you are now. Quick side note, my spouse actually had a moment of uh, self-reflection and clarity while driving home this morning slash last night. I don't really remember at what point on the trip it was. But basically, it would have fit in perfect with that second segment of last week's show. So I thought that was pretty cool. I then referenced my own show, but she hasn't seen that episode apparently. Don't think she got my reference. Yes, today is episode 16, and we're doing the road trip recap. And uh, we're going to talk about doing road trips with small children after having just done one myself. So, guys, each week I bring you tips, tricks for parenting, adulting, and life as a whole, and share the tools from my figurative toolbox to help keep you equipped for life's great adventure. The How To Dad podcast is owned and hosted by myself, Devin Pierce. It's licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial share alike 4.0, international license, all rights reserved. Currently available for audio listeners on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If there's another audio service you would like us to get the podcast put over to, let me know. I'll get it done. Typically, I do that as the closing to every episode, but just in case some people stop listening at the end, I figured I'd throw that in there at the beginning this week and see if uh, that helps people reach out to me with ideas of where to share the podcast. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. That's fine. I have barely had a moment to get my head on straight. We got in about 7 a.m. this morning from our road trip. After leaving Calgary at about 8.30 last night. Yeah. I'm not going to bore you guys with too many details of mileage and hours of driving. Because we honestly didn't really keep track of any of it. So I did take a gander at the Googles and the estimated uh, Google driving time to do my road trip we just did would be about 50 hours of straight driving we were gone for nine days we spent two nights at a family reunion and other than that we drove like crazy people not to say that we drove like ignoring rules or laws or anything like that just that we put on a lot of mileage in nine days and you have to be crazy to do as much driving as we did and not be getting paid for it. A quick review. I have three small children. Their ages are six and a half, five, and 17 months of age. We packed all three of them into the middle row of our Jeep Grand Cherokee, barely, and hit the road last Tuesday at about 1 p.m. 
I would like to give a quick shout out to all of my children who did really well with this road trip. Um, there was a lot of driving for adults, let alone kids, and they did awesome. So, good job, guys. For the driving down to our destination for the family reunion on my spouse's side, we were a little bit pressed with time. If we had driven straight there, we would have had lots of time. But we detoured to North Dakota to tag along with uh, my mother-in-law and follow her down the rest of the way to where we were staying near Idaho Falls. But still, something that we've learned when doing road trips with our children is that whatever Google says is wrong. Sorry, Google. This is going to be my first tip for you guys. When you're planning a road trip with, especially your first road trip with small children, when you're estimating the length of time you're going to need to get somewhere, I give you the first two, two and a half hours. So that's an accurate distance time based management there. After that, you're running into the frequency of extra stops. If you're looking to do doing if you're looking to do traveling of anywhere between six and eight hours, at that point in time, you're going to be adding about an extra four. Whatever Google says is six to eight, add four if you have children. This is obviously based off of my own experiences. Uh, last year, we did a road trip down to Medicine Hat and back. Google told us to be seven hours. It took 11. Uh, to one way. Then, this road trip we just did, we had, on this road trip, a few segments of it were seven-hour drives. They were the whole day. They were about 10 hours of driving. So, I know from experience, four is a good addition. Additionally, if you are a geocaching family such as ourselves, you can go ahead and add an extra 15 to 20 minutes for every geocache that you're going to be trying to stop for. And that's assuming that where Google directs you to is actually anywhere near the trail to get to the cache or parking or anything. Yeah. All been there. The reason why you're adding 15, 20 minutes stops and over seven hours you gain four, even if you're not geocaching, is because every time you stop, you're unloading all of your kids and yourself and your spouse, and you have to load everybody back in and you gotta move stuff around because you can't find this stuffy or that toy, and it's never just a quick and easy in and out. If you're all going in to use the washroom, reach small children like the one doesn't use the potty yet for us but still have to change him you're looking at easily adding an extra half an hour and that's not including if you're getting gas you have to go in prepay go back out pump the gas go back in get changed because you're not really sure how to do the math in your head because you're in a different country <laughs> might have maybe happened once or twice while we were gone as i said we went into saskatchewan then down to north dakota um uh, then on our way to Idaho, we stayed mostly with uh, family. 
We had uh, our first stop was with family friends. Our second night was spent at my father-in-law's house with his wife. And the next night, mother-in-law ever so graciously got us rooms for the night, and we crashed the night in a town whose name started with a B, and I can't remember right now. And then the next morning, we well refreshed, moved on to the family reunion, where we had hotel rooms which were uh, given to us by family members who couldn't make it for the trip. So this provided us leniency in the sense that we didn't have a set time frame of when we had to be uh, checking in to where we were staying, because we just showed up to people's doorsteps. Yay, let us in. Knowing what I already mentioned about the adding of time, we had to really minimize stopping along the way down to let our kids have fun. We did actually take some time in on day one and two of driving down, and we stopped at a playground the one day and just at a random field the next time, let the kids out, let them run around, burn off some energy, and just... I don't think we spent an hour at either location. Because being cooped up in a car for any length of time is not fun for kids. You know, just giving them that opportunity to have some level of physical activity near the end of the day, just so that they weren't restless as they try to sleep. Which brings me to my second tip for you guys. Physical activity throughout a long haul drive is beneficial for the health of all the members of the car and should most certainly be considered when planning a trip. Like don't go, you don't have to go crazy, but don't just plan to get out and stretch your legs for 10-15 minutes, or stab your lung if you're a smoker. Get everybody out of the car, play a quick game of tag. Really get everybody moving and the blood flowing, and it'll help you a lot. It'll also help you stay more awake if you are the primary driver, is really important. The other things we did for our kids in preparation of the drive was that we made sure that they brought a single stuffed animal to play with and some sort of toy type object that they could also interact with. And we made sure that they had snacks available to them. Keeping such things in their proximity of your children, at least within reach, so they can take care of themselves, um, including things like pillows or blankets. Then this ensures that you and your co-pilot, if you're traveling with your spouse, can focus on the road. And you don't have to worry about reaching back and finding Johnny his favorite snack. And be sure that if your children are dropping things on the floor that they can't reach, if your passenger co-pilot can't get it, they don't need it right now, guys. Safety first. Don't take your eyes off the road. My third tip for you guys is to make one of your first pit stops near a dollar store. Why? Well, because you can go in there and for a quick, minimal investment, purchase either a book or a small activity packet. Those are quite common now. Themed all sorts of different things. But because it's something new, it's additionally more exciting to your children. You give it to them for their special time in the car driving. So they have new uh, little trinket toys or books to read, activities to do. 
just to give them something different. Different? I think it's a different. Something different. I'm gonna have to come up with a definition for that, but uh, something that's not really different, but is different because it's new. Different. Congratulations, boys and girls. We just made a new word. Oh, as I mentioned, our destination for going downwards was the family reunion. We had two days that we spent there, which was a great opportunity for the kids and ourselves to just unwind, relax, sleep, eat, be merry, as it were. And for your kids to run themselves exhausted. I bring this up because depending on the purpose of your road trip, because maybe it's not about your family having fun, but they're tagging along. I would highly recommend trying to give yourself two to three days, like two nights, three nights kind of thing. So you get at least one full day or two full days in the middle of your trip at one single location so that you can actually give yourselves the time to unwind. We'd have done the whole nine-ish days of driving and never had that break in the middle. We'd have been home sooner. I can guarantee you that. And we'll, we'll call that tip number four. Our trip back was much less pressed for time. In fact, we made a point of leaving a little bit earlier in the day on the Sunday at the family reunion to purposely make the attempt of driving home more entertaining for our children than the rush to get down was. Our first thing on Sunday, after we said our goodbyes, we headed down further south to an attraction that was there. Kids had a blast. And we spent a few good long hours there. Basically till everybody got hungry. We went, grabbed a cheaper quick bite to eat as we headed north for home. We did that, before we did that rather, we gave our children a choice. Two, two things. Of those two things, they could either choose to have comfortable sleeping accommodations for the journey home, which would burn up our budget faster, resulting in less fun things and less fun time. Or they could sleep in the car so we could save money and go purposely utilizing it for doing fun activities and driving the distance to go do some more fun activities. We've talked a lot about choices in past episodes. And so the key thing there to remember, guys, is always keep it simple and only give them the options that you don't. It doesn't matter to you which option is chosen. You still get what you want. I was still getting home to Canada one way or the other, whether I slept in a comfy bed or did more fun things. I didn't really particularly have a personal choice in, but I want to make sure to include my kids in that. And just like we've talked in many other episodes, the kids did choose to sleep in the car. So they have more fun things to do on the way home. So we took full advantage of that and paced our way back to Canada to help pace ourselves as we made our way back to Canada. Just so happened that geocaching was doing, or is still doing, their mystery at the museum summer promotion. Started on the 11th. So we figured out how to work it, and that's how we chose geocaches on the way home to help break up the hours of driving. After heading north for a bit, we decided to then head west and driving all the way to Spokane, Washington, 
getting a single geocache in that community to earn the state souvenir for Washington. And then we checked out the local attraction that is the Riverfront Park. And again, it's at last. The carousel there is really cool. We did the little gondola rides. Took our time with some other stuff there. And, you know, approximately six hours later, we were back on the road. Making our way up to Calgary via British Columbia. Uh, we had made impromptu plans to go and visit the spouse's aunt and her family. Um, once we got into Calgary, we could have gone otherwise to go home, but we decided to detour specifically to go see them. They hadn't met the baby yet, or actually any of the kids yet. We don't spend much time in the area. Made this, this trip was about family, about our family, our little family, meeting all the extended family that we don't really get to see because of distance. So we included the Calgary family as well. Before we went over to their place for dinner, and before I even tell that story, uh, shout out to my lovely spouse for the amount of driving she did, because I was really tired the last couple of days. Could not do the night hour driving. She was a trooper. She was a champion. And I love her all the time. She's my favorite. So she did most of the driving. We got into Calgary. It was raining. We decided to go to the TELUS Spark Center, which is like a science center thing. Where we spent seven hours with our children. And we actually had fully intended on spending the full eight hours that the building was open, but my legs got tired and sore, and I decided it was time for us to move on with life. We had then planned to continue to geocache our way home, taking our sweet time in whenever we got home, we got home kind of attitude. But at nearly nine days of being on the road, by the time we got to Ka no, by the time we got to Red Deer and dead of night, I was tired. I was over it. I also caught a bit of sleep and I woke her up, said, Hey, what do you think? And we decided get one highly favorited cash, hit the road for home. It was a long, long journey. The largest amount of time our children have ever spent in a car, any of the three of them. The nice thing was it all went smoothly. I honestly kind of felt like our car, which does need some TLC, might not have made it back, and it did. So there was an added bonus to the trip. I can appreciate And I got some, a few more road trips tips for you guys with small children. First one I'm gonna give you here is everyone uses the potty or at least tries. There is nothing more discouraging to your intentions for driving than going four seconds onto the interstate and having the other child say they need the potty now. Everybody gets out. Every time, all the people, and they try. It may seem 
like a lot of work. Like I said earlier, it could add a whole half hour to your drive. But it is better than the additional time of pulling over again and getting back onto the interstate again. You're better off burning a little bit of extra time in one stop than making two. Let the kids pick out their snacks. When it comes to giving your children opportunities to make decisions, whether it be, you know, what cereal you're taking to have in the mornings or uh, just general road snacks that they're going to be eating, take your kids shopping with you and let them pick. Hey, we need one type of cookies. You guys need to agree on what type of cookies you're going to have. We need one type of chips. We need whatever. Or get them each one bag of chips for the whole weekend. However you want to work it. But giving them the opportunity to pick their snacks also prevents them from being able to complain about them. You picked it, not me. <clears throat> this one actually just kind of figured out this road trip, but rotating the seat arrangements. When we're around home, the baby is set up behind the driver's seats because a lot of times it's just the baby and a driver go places and the other kids may not be home or whatever. It's just easier to get them in and out of the car. For this road trip, we found putting the baby in the middle of the seat stopped him from kicking my back in my seat, first of all. But also, he was more comfortable being in the middle for the long drives and slept more frequently and better in the car than he did when we had him on the exterior side of the vehicle. It made it a little bit more difficult with positioning. Uh, his sister couldn't buckle herself up where her seat ended up. So we had to help her every time. But it's minor. Having a well-slept and quiet baby is very peaceful when you're driving for long hours. So whether you're going to do each day or something, or just trying to play around with it until you find the rotation that fits best for the kids you have and the ages you have, change it up. Have fun with it. Even make it a game if you want. This one is one that goes with all forms of parenting, any parenting style. Never promise anything. It's all a surprise. That way, if you, you know, set out to get to a certain location to do a certain activity, and it turns out that something happened, like people getting trapped in the elevator on Friday, so you can't use the building anymore. <clears throat> Algary Tower just had this issue building was closed down while they inspected the rest of the elevators well if you'd promise your kids you're going to take them to that tower and go check out the view or whatever it's harder for them to accept that something outside of your control is preventing them from getting what you promised them you're better off just saying we're going to go to this city and we have a couple of ideas about what we might do but we'll see when we get there i you don't even have to take it that far. You can just say, sit down, shush up, and uh, you'll know when it happens. And that's okay. You don't have to tell your kids everything. You don't even have to tell your kids half of it, a third of it, an eighth, one 
84th of it. None of it. You can even make a game out of them guessing what activities they're going to be doing. That's fun, too. In the same aspect, having a backup plan, being flexible with what you're going to achieve or do. We were going to go to Wyoming and then up through Saskatchewan and back home. And then we just decided, well, where we were at, we would have had to pay to go through the park, uh, Yellowstone Park. But we were only going to be in it for like 18 minutes just to get that state souvenir. I wasn't willing to pay 35 American dollars for an 18 minute jaunt. I was going more through the park. So we just pulled a Yui there at the gates and headed to Washington State. Having flexibility and understanding that you're going to need that flexibility can eliminate a lot of stress for you. Um, some parents become very anal retentive about this is the plan, this is when we're going to be here, this is how we're going to do this, and this is what, blah, 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 blah. You will give yourself a brain aneurysm trying to regulate the entire world because you can't do it. Learn to be flexible and come up with backup plans. If you need to have a plan, have a backup plan. Some final thoughts I got for you tonight, guys, is R, I should say, R. I'm here to remind you that road trips with your family are supposed to be fun. And remembering that you can try not to let delays or unforeseen problems cause friction between you and your spouse or you and your kids. I'll admit there was some moments of tension in our car over these nine days. We moved past it. We worked through it. That's part of life. It does happen. But I'm hoping that I can help remind you it's supposed to be fun. So have fun with it. And maybe I'll save you guys an argument or two. Additionally, though, yes, a road trip is supposed to be fun. But remember your parenting style. Your family rules that you have for your house should follow you into your car. Or maybe even set up specific rules for the road trip before you go with your kids. Have a family meeting. Talk about things. Talk about stuffs. Stuffs and things. And make sure everybody's on the same page before you even turn the key to start the road trip. Your kids will benefit from the consistency of the same rules, consequences, and follow-through on the road trip as they get at home. That's wonders for your kids. Don't, don't let fun be an excuse to be a lazy parent. Question of the week, guys. Do you have any fun stories to tell about a family road trip, whether you were the kid or the parent? Or maybe you have more tips and tricks to share with the community. If you have older children, especially, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say since mine aren't old enough to get to that point yet. Oh, as always, guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at crownasso or email crownasso at gmail.com. 
That's C-R-O-W-N-E-S-S, -S, number zero. And those are the same ways you can get a hold of me if you're interested in coming onto the show to talk about a specific topic, or if you're interested in becoming a long-term co-host. Let me know. Good night, everybody.